Week two of At Dyslexic Life with Joe Reese, the podcast. Um, how is everybody? Um, I hope you've all had a really great week. Um, this week has been Dyslexia Awareness Week, so there has been lots happening in my dyslexic world. So last week, I actually kind of read the podcast from a script that I'd created, whereas this week... I'm just going to go with the flow in one take. So we're going to see how that goes and whether my dyslexic head can kind of cope with that. Um, I'm pleased to say that the podcast does seem to be quite well received with a grand total of 48 downloads so far. Um, So we'll see if I can maybe double that this week. Anyway, what have I been up to this week in my dyslexic world? Well, last Friday... I delivered some dyslexic-friendly training at UKSA, which is a sailing academy. So I've been working really closely with them. It's the second lot of training I've delivered. Um, I delivered it to teachers, but I also delivered it to to a lot of the sailing instructors as well at the start of the summer. Training was really, really well received. Um, So I delivered some lovely training, which was fantastic. They're lovely people at UKSA and they actually have a really high percentage of neurodiverse learners just because of the nature of what they what they do there. So obviously very practical. There are theory kind of elements as well. Um, And I'm also providing them some sort of PDF checklists and documents, sort of like a dyslexic toolkit, kind of tailored to the sailing world, I guess, if you like. Um, But it was a really brilliant training. So the dyslexic friendly training I deliver, um, the first half of it is really about getting them to stand in a dyslexic shoe. So I've got a couple of activities um, that I make them do that like some of them do obviously make them feel quite uncomfortable. But that is the point. Um, But they were really well. It was really well received. They were a really great group of people. But one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was there was a really great question at the end of the training and the and the training was we talked a lot about leveling the playing field in terms of making things dyslexic friendly and the question at the end was all about deadlines how strict should they be around deadlines with their students with dyslexia and i said that actually i felt that it was quite important that deadlines were met and that actually we were quite strict around deadlines and had a tough love approach And my reason for that is because, actually, in the real world, there are times when we have to meet deadlines or there are consequences if we don't. So the first example I'm going to give you is if we're applying for a job and we're putting an application form in, we need to get it in before the deadline. There's no extension of that. Like if you hand it in after the deadline, you're just not going to get an interview. You know, times when bills need to be paid, times when emails need to be responded to, and it needs to be done within a certain, within, at a certain time or there are consequences. So for me, actually, a deadline and meeting a deadline Deadline is an opportunity as a student and as a teacher to develop strategies to help manage time and meet deadlines. Now, that's not to say that things aren't going to take longer because potentially they will take longer. Um, but actually, it's about how we look at managing our time up to that deadline, how we ask for help and support in meeting that deadline and the strategies that we put in place. So, for example, if we know that literacy based tasks make us tired and take us longer, it's about looking at kind of working towards that deadline kind of first thing in the morning when our brain is is fresher. If we need 
you know, if we do need help because we're not understanding something, it's about communicating that quickly. Um, It's about looking at how we can break that task down in order to meet the deadline. Um, So they were quite surprised with my response to that. But actually, I feel meeting a deadline isn't the same as an exam access arrangement. So actually, in an exam, that's not a real life situation in as much as an exam is asking you to remember and write down everything you can about a particular question that you're having to interpret quickly. So you can't use any of your dyslexic strengths in an exam. So dyslexics learn really well through discussion, through asking questions, through kind of movement, through doing. And an exam does not allow you to use any of those strengths. So straight away, you're at a disadvantage because what the, the actual structure of the exam is not playing to a dyslexic strengths. So the other thing to point out is that in an exam, we're having to think quickly or write quickly. Again, something that people with dyslexia really struggle with, slower processing speeds, slower thinking speeds mean that actually we can't work as quickly as an exam. So that's why we need extra time in an exam, but we don't necessarily need an extension to a deadline because they're kind it's it's two different it's two different things we're managing so did actually or have actually got a blog post um in the pipeline kind of explaining that um which will be on my website in the next month i would have thought so yeah i had a great time doing the training at ukSA if you haven't heard of ukSA already go check it out it's an amazing facility um so last friday as well i also finished my preparation for dyslexia awareness week so If you've been following me, you'll know that for Dyslexia Awareness Week, I interviewed a parent, a teacher, a specialist dyslexia teacher and a student. And I asked them all the same questions to get their understanding and perspective on what dyslexia was. And I've been advertising the interviews all week, um, this week on my social media. But obviously I had to record the videos and I wanted little clips to put on social media. Well, anyway, basically, I can't edit stuff. Not my area of expertise. I'm sure I could work out how to do it, but I just didn't have time to do it. So I actually asked my niece's partner, who is a video expert, to support me with that. He did an amazing job of editing and putting the logo, the Another Way Around logo, on the front of um, the little clips and videos. However, that made the files mahoosive. Um, And it literally took me from four o'clock on Friday until nine o'clock on Friday night to download them, to sort them all out and to get them sent to um, my lady that helps with social media so she could schedule them. The hilarious thing was, was that I just had them downloaded on all sorts of platforms. So like some of them I had downloaded on my phone, some of them I kind of downloaded on my computer. Anyway, I got into a massive dyslexic pickle with it. But eventually, by nine o'clock, they were all on YouTube. They were all ready to go and scheduled for social media and we got there. But man, I got into a dyslexic pickle doing that. Talking about dyslexic pickles, I have permission to share my 13-year-old's dyslexic moment with you last week. And this is quite a classic um, kind of dyslexic misunderstanding, I guess, if you like. Um, She, in a history lesson, was asked to talk about the suffragettes. And the title was Suffragette Summer. So Jemima wrote a whole 
whole paragraph story about a suffragette called Summer. She did really neat work. She got really into it. It was a really descriptive piece of writing all about the perspective of suffragettes from Summer. Anyway, when she was asked to read a small bit out to the class because the teacher had seen that she had worked really hard, she at that point realised she had interpreted it incorrectly and suffragette summer is actually the summer that the suffragettes kind of really forged forward and had lots of events kind of one after the other. So she'd sort of misinterpreted what they had to do. So rather than talk about the the events that happened in the suffragette summer, the season, she'd interpreted it that summer was a suffragette and that she had to tell the, the story. So I had permission to share that. She luckily could laugh about it. And she was like, mum, that's classic fodder for your podcast. She didn't use the word fodder. Um, So I have permission for her to share it. And then on that, the other little dyslexic moment that I had on Sunday, I had to pick her friend up and take her to her musical theatre production. I've been saying to my house all more in my head all morning, it was written down, must pick up such and such, must pick up such and such. Actually, I can say her name, Tilly, must pick up Tilly, must pick up Tilly. She literally lives around the corner from us. In order to pick her up, we, we go a different direction to the direction we would ordinarily go. Not a problem at all. Get in the car, say to my daughter don't let's forget we've got to pick don't let's forget we need to put pick Tilly up so she was like no we need to pick Tilly up so we get in the car we start driving we drive the direction to pick her up it's not until about four minutes later when I'm at the first set of traffic lights I say to Jemima we've forgotten to pick Tilly up and the reason why we've forgotten to pick Tilly up was because we'd got deep into conversation about dates and scheduling this week and kind of working out the logistics that we forgot to pick Tilly up so we had to turn around and come back and pick Tilly up so that was the uh, next moment that happened Um, kind of that short-term working memory when we're multitasking can be an absolute pain in the bottom for sure um i've also listened to the amazing podcast this week if you don't already listen to parenting how by rob beckett and josh widdicombe um i've been out walking every day this week and it i wow people probably think i'm a bit crazy because i have been laughing out loud because it is hilarious but um i just wanted to direct you to the episode the latest episode where they talked to carol vorderman because she's actually got some quite interesting insight her son she talks about is dyslexic but rob beckett also talks about his dyslexia um So that is um, a really great podcast to listen to, um, to just kind of get some different dyslexic perspectives. Um, On my list in front of me here, I've literally been jotting down things all week and I've written down rehearsal overwhelm. I'm unclear as to what this refers to unless it was talking about the logistics. So anyway, that could end up being in next week's episode. Um, The other thing that's happened this week is I've started to book in my schools that I do exam access arrangements for, again, dyslexic nightmare, because every year they tweak the exam access arrangements. And this year, they've changed the forms. um, And there are lots of different forms. So I've also spent some time trying to get my head around that this week to make sure that when I go and do my first lot of exam access um, next week, we can hit the ground running and get as many children through as we can as quickly as we can so they can get them in place. So it's their kind of usual way of working. Um, so I've been looking at that 
And then the other thing that's really exciting is, is if you haven't heard of Touch Type Read Spell, definitely go check it out. It's a program that I've sort of used as um, recommend as a recommendation in my dyslexic reports for a little while. Um, it's a great program that encourages um, typing, reading and spelling at the same time. Anyway, had an amazing meeting with Liz yesterday, one of the marketing director and somebody that works with it. And I'm excited that I'm going to become an affiliate, but also going to be doing some work with them. So if you are interested in that program, a little plug, um, if you use the code capital J-R-E-E-S, um, you can actually get 10% off that. Um, so yeah, so that's quite exciting. A new a new partnership to be working with. Um, so yeah, so that's all good. That happened yesterday. I hopefully I'm going to be doing an interview with them on social media in the first week of November. Um, yeah, and also looking to see if I can work with them and learn a bit more about what they do, which is really exciting. And then because I want to keep this podcast as succinct as I can, although. I'm quite good at talking, aren't I? Um, I just the I'm going to end this podcast on on today's on a TikTok that my son has actually just sent me from Australia because he's travelling in Australia at the moment, and it was our current prime minister talking about the fact that he is proposing to ban A levels and create the British the advanced British standard, whereby students will study five subjects. Three lower, no, three higher, two lower, and English and maths are going to be compulsory. I can't, well, I, 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 I need to respond on social media in some way, but at the moment I just cannot get my head around it. The bit that I mostly cannot get my head around is that the Prime Minister is saying that it is absolutely essential that children in the UK do not leave school illiterate and enumerate. And I totally get that. But for me, A-level is just that is too late. It's all about early intervention. Actually, we need to be looking at how we're teaching literacy and numeracy skill much lower down. If, you know, it, I, I don't know. That's my initial thoughts on it. I'm sure I'm going to have loads more thoughts on it. I mean, some of the reason why it, it's supposedly going to combine A-levels and T-levels, which are supposedly more practical... So I so don't I don't know. Perhaps it will be better. But just this bit that really resonates for me is the English and maths until you are eighteen. Like for so many kids, it's actually getting rid of the English and maths lessons that actually enables them to suddenly thrive because they can focus on the things that they really really love. Um, and like I say, for me, yes, we need to be looking at literacy and numeracy levels. But for me, we need to be looking at that much lower down. Like it almost feels too late. We need to be being proactive rather than reactive. Just my gut thinking. Anyway, that is the end of At Dyslexic Life with Joe Reese, my little babble about my dyslexic observations and things that have happened in the week. Um, thanks to all of you who have downloaded it. If you're new to the podcast, please do go back and listen to episode one, but also click that little follow button to follow to be updated when I release the next episode. But in the meantime, don't forget to always look on the dyslexic side of life. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Have a great week, guys.